Welcome to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by your partnerships. Here is your host, Lee Randall Pybus. Well, hello, everybody. I am joined today by a wonderful lady who I've had the pleasure of knowing for quite some time now. I think, actually, uh, you came aboard when I first started with the Your Partnerships thing, which was Devon Partnerships back then. Uh, and that is around about May, June, July 2019. Can you believe it? That's nearly two years ago. Kate Guest is with me today. Hello, Kate Guest. Hello, Lee. Yes, I can remember it. Because I can also remember then first seeing you face to face, remember the good old days, when you were at that uh, meeting at the hotel, Poppy Jakes had taken the lovely photographs, and I leapt upon you, to, not literally, to say, hello, Lee. That's right. That I think that was the Imperial Hotel. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and in fact, the the photo I've got for this podcast that I use for the profile is the photos you took on that day, Poppy Jakes. Yeah, and that's what I'm still using. I'm still pretty sure to do an update soon. But yeah, that that's that's the perfect uh, profile picture from Poppy. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Kate, welcome to the show, and tell us about your business. My business, Lee, is uh, multifaceted, I suppose you could say, because people say, what do you do, Kate? What I do is I take people from the thought process, the hypnosis, if you like, the self-hypnosis they are in, it's not perhaps serving them very well, maybe some negative connotations there, and move them to a hypnosis state where they are flourishing, when they are doing things they really want to be doing. So what do I mean by that? So people ask me quite often, what is hypnosis? And that's one of the main tools that I use. And they think it's something strange, it's something that's done to them. It's simply the way you are thinking, feeling, behaving. Usually because of the way you've been brought up, the things you've been exposed to, the people, the teachers, incidents that have happened. So the way you're thinking in your mind is how you're showing up. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So if it's not serving you well, so some sort of fear, a phobia and anxiety about doing something, fear of doing something, Usually it's rooted in something that's happened to them in the past or a belief system they've got from the past. So it's my job to take you out of that unhelpful belief system, it's a pretty better way of putting it, and put you into a much more helpful belief system, a helpful state, because then you can do whatever you want to do. That's very interesting. How on earth do you get into something like this then? Well, that was the interesting thing. So what did I do to begin with? I wanted to get out of nursing. So it was very much in a way from behavior. I've been nursing, I did it for 35 years. So I'm very stoic, I do as I'm told. There's a story attached to that um, with my parents, bless them. I now know they were coming from a place of love. Didn't feel like it at the time. So anyway, I did nursing and I, and I, I was good at it. I was a practice nurse in a GP surgery for 28 years. I, I know my stuff and immunizations particularly, very, very out there. But it's not what I wanted to do. I knew, still knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. And anyway, I had a sleep problem and I went to a hypnotherapist and I sorted out the sleep problem at the time. And I thought, this is amazing. This is fantastic. It's so interesting. I, I need to learn about this. Well, he actually steered me down the road of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, which I just love. That's what you think, what you say and what you do. Again, how you show up in the world. And I just loved it. And I remember saying to the, to the tutor, you know, can I do more? Can I work with this? He said, if you want to do the next level, explain how you can use it for everyday life, how you can help people as a coach. And so I did that, then I did hypnosis, um, and then I did all sorts of other things beside that. And that has literally helped me to come out of nursing and into the work that I do now. So now I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. So is it Confucius that said, you know, if you love what you do, 
you'll never work another day, <coughs> excuse me, never, never work another day in your life. Yeah. So now I don't work, but I wouldn't call it play, but I don't work because I just do stuff that I'm passionate about yeah. and happen to get paid for it as well. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's, that's the best way to be in life. If you love what you do, then like you say, it's not work, is it? It's not. not it's really not. No. So how long did it take to learn the hypnosis side of things? Yeah, I started a transition about 2012. So my first bit of NLP training and then more NLP, master practitioner, hypnosis and, and coaching. Just kept, And I, I still do. I build and build and build. So 2012 is where I started. Um, and I'll let you do the math, because it's not my best subject. However <laughs> many years down the line we are now. And, and I say, always adding to my skill set. So lots of different ways of doing something. And yet the result, it all brings to the same point. Okay. I, I, all I hear from other people who we network with, who have worked with you or know you, is good things. Everybody always just says great things about you. Uh, in fact, I was talking to a gentleman earlier, Kevin Cope. And I said, I'm, I'm recording a podcast with uh, Kate Gessie. Oh, she's lovely. I love Kate Gessie. She's fantastic. So it, it goes a long way hearing things like that. What, how are the, what other people think of you, doesn't it? Oh, it, it absolutely does. And that's one of the good things about your partnerships is that people, thank you, Kevin, love Kevin too. Um, and Sinead has been speaking like a voice piece for me because of the transformational changes she's had. Mm -hmm. um, so that this, the way that your partnerships work is spreading that news is what's been helping me in my business so what sort of people do you get come to you is is there a is there a general is there like a regular sort of person that comes to you with the same sort of phobia or is it very varied it's very varied most of us will have a niche and my my two niche areas are young adults <laughs> with anxiety which might lead them to not be able to go to school as is pre-covid problems um, not being able to eat in school uh, all, all sorts of different issues that are holding them back, friendship groups. Then I could be dealing with some deal with pain. That's my other niche area is pain, pain reduction or elimination. However, you get everybody else coming in as well. So although you niche and talk about that, um, I'm at the moment working with people with addictions, phobias, uh, what else? I'll think of something else in a minute. You might have to edit this bit out. So I'm going to waffle now. I'm trying to think. Not at all. <laughs> uh, certainly pain release, but all anxiety, phobias, pain, releasing this. And the freedom that then gives people is, is absolutely amazing. Uh, that's really interesting. So how does the process work? So if I've got, I'm going to actually take my wife, for example. My wife has a terrible phobia of frogs. She is absolutely petrified of frogs and toads. She can't, if she sees one on the telly, she f goes into a freeze. So if somebody like that, how would the process work? How would, how would we come to you to help? We both can have a little chat. So nowadays it'd be online and phone call, have a chat, so we get an idea of how much of a problem it is. Because some people say they've got a real fear or a real phobia. They haven't, they just don't like something. Whereas other people, if it was like a true spider phobia, I don't need to start talking about it. And somebody could be, you know, stood up on a chair or something like that. Mm. So I need to get a feel of, of how bad the problem is. And do you really want to get rid of the problem? Because sometimes if some, say, let's take smoking as an example, just moving from frogs just for a moment. If somebody came to me and said, okay, I'm going to stop smoking. I'd say, first of all, on a score of not to 10, how much do you really, really want to stop now? If they said, well, you know, it's about a five or six, my wife wants me to give up. No, 
save your money when you won't carry on smoking spend it on that but you're not going to spend it with me or take my time when you're ready truly ready come back so i want to get a real feel of how much does that person really want to commit to that change once they commit to that change then we can work with it quite easily and very often a fear of something you would think might be your wife it might be she once held a frog it was all slimy or somebody had to do something a biology lesson in school years ago and yet sometimes it's got nothing to do with that if i give you a quick example this is my one of my mentors examples he had he doesn't have any longer a fear of high ceilings so going to a cathedral a very high church you start to have a sort of panic reaction you have to leave but when he did went through therapy what he found then was it wasn't to do with that it was actually to when he nearly drowned on a grassy glossy bank so if we just link it back high ceiling high church went to a baptism there's a font the water spilt onto the marble from the font and onto the marble floor glossy wet glistening then he dated back to when he had nearly drowned glossy wet grass does that make sense you mm. sometimes have these steps so this is where you've got the problem but it goes way back to something you wouldn't even imagine or another example which is my example i've got permission to share i had a client some years ago who had a problem with oranges the orange color the oranges themselves anything orange had a problem with a real big problem really? <laughs> yeah 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 it's called uh, chromophobia and so we worked on this and he was very good at, we did use hypnosis very good at going into trance so he went into trance and he was laughing and i thought this is interesting and he was five years old and a little boy next to him had just vomited over his orange book and of it tends to be orange doesn't it he was laughing because when we, we did the work, did literally, pardon the pun, the cleanup work, brought him out of trance. And he said, Katie said, I've had this problem for 30 years and I never knew why. Not didn't have a clue. I said, right, we always need to test to make sure this is what absolutely as you want it to. So I had a book on my bookshelf, took it off, had an orange spine. I said, have a look at that. No reaction. I said, hang on, got a scarf next door, bright orange scarf. Let me go and get that. He had a look at it, held the scarf, no reaction. I said, I know, better still, let me go and get an orange from the kitchen, a real orange. You can hold it, smell it, feel it, have all the sensations, and absolutely no reaction whatsoever. Wow. So that has always been my favorite example of how quickly and easily you can get rid of the problem of phobia. So to go back to your wife and the frog, I don't know where it's come from. We might find out, we might not, and yet, you go and do the work and it's amazing what comes up and, and that, that lovely look of realization on the client's face and then and watching them go smiling as they leave knowing that they've left that problem behind that's fantastic i that's really interesting with the the phobia of anything orange i, I had a friend once who had a phobia of uh, lollipop sticks the wooden lollipop sticks um and everybody used to just Take, take the Michael, Michael out of him because of these lollipop sticks. And obviously, when we were younger, they used to wave the lollipop sticks at him, but he was really, really scared of them. Um, I, I mean, is the, is, is the orange thing the strangest one you've come across, or is there, there another one that you can think of? It's one of the most unusual ones, yes. Yeah, things tend to be more typical, more easy to find out where they lay, lay, or it's because of some sort of trauma that's happened in the past. But I mean, that was trauma. It's mm. not what you and I might think is a big trauma, but you think about a five-year-old boy, that was a trauma. So there's usually what we call uh, an initial sensitizing event, something that kicks it all off. Wow. I find that really, really interesting. I think also it's wonderful 
that you're helping younger younger people as well like because you yeah because yeah. a lot of a lot of young younger people children that they 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 don't know they've got anxiety problems because obviously they don't understand it do they? they don't understand what the problem is so um but that must be very re rewarding it is so about half of my case so if you like is is young adults working online and they are brilliant working online they're used to it but you're right the anxiety level has gone up you know with covid it has definitely gone up panic attacks have, have come up more things like that so to be able to work with them easily effortlessly online and find that they're coping with even if it's a school online lessons you know being able to actually go on zoom and put your camera on for a lot of young people who've not been able to do that to be able to do that is a huge step forward mm. uh, it's just amazing also that the person that uh, I work with that couldn't actually eat in school, the anxiety was just too much that actually getting to school, they'd feel nauseous, might even vomit, couldn't buy any food actually in school or eat in school. To find a mum sending a text uh, some months later to say they're in school, they're eating. This is again uh, before all the different lockdowns. So it, it, it can be life changing. It can be sometimes a small change that helps somebody move forward. Sometimes it can be a life-changing thing that happens. Um, but another person that's just uh, come to mind with the enormity of, of how things can work, going back to adults, that coming from uh, not being able to even stand up to speak in front of a handful of a few people, just months, again, it's all pre-COVID, months later, being able to stand in front of 300 people and give that talk, the talk they wanted to give, 300 mm. people. So, you know, it can be life-changing. Absolutely. Do you find that um, social media has had an effect on people's anxiety, particularly in youngsters? Definitely, definitely. So I don't know if you've heard of things like vague booking, subtweeting, ghosting, and gaslighting. Just no, I've not come across few. that. Well, the, the first two, subtweeting is obviously Twitter, and vague booking is Facebook. Now, this is already happening enough as it was, but it's even more so now because we're all obviously online more than we were. So if somebody's vague booking, it could be, and I had a peer that did this actually, uh, very much, uh, oh dear, oh, this is terrible. Oh, I don't know how I'm gonna cope with this or something like that, vague. They're very, very vague. Mm -hmm. And then somebody will go, what's the matter? What's going on? Oh, Han, are you okay? So people are very genuinely worried. They're feeling anxiety. That person, they could be genuinely upset. They could be looking for attention. There is suicidal, suicidal ideation connected with this. Yet for some people, they are just doing it for attention. Right. So there's an awful lot around that. And the same with the, the subtweeting. Things like gaslighting doesn't have to be social media, but it can be more so. So gaslighting, telling somebody that, oh, that didn't really go so well, did it? Or, oh, it's a shame that that wasn't so good. So you're, you're something eating away at your confidence mm. all the time. And again, it's just so easy because we've got access to each other for this to happen more so online. And ghosting is quite simply when you, you cut off all contact. No, you don't know why the person has cut off contact with you. They just stop all contact. And again, you're less likely at the minute to bump into them, to better speak to them, to ask them what's going on, because most of it's online. They can not take your calls. They cannot answer you on through social media. And this can be very troubling. And I have worked with people where we, We've had to just get them to be used to the fact that whatever's happened, you may never even have an answer as to why that person is ghosting you. And you can be comfortable with that. You can let that feeling of anxiety go. It's okay. So it's, it's moving on from things like that as well. Wow. This is really, I find this really revealing. This is really, really good. This is because it's made me think about 
myself because obviously as you know I was a, a singer for mm. quite some time 25 years in fact but for the last four or five years uh, I really struggled to get on a stage um, an audience hopefully wouldn't know it or you saw me so hopefully you didn't know it um, but inside me I really struggled to get on a stage and, and I couldn't pinpoint what it was um, but now I from what you've said about it might be something that's happened in the past that's major like that. I, I can actually think I can actually pinpoint when that happened. Yeah. You've said. And it all become clear. Yeah. And sometimes that's all somebody needs. Guiding them back to that place and having some understanding. And be able to dissociate. It's a very good technique. If you dissociate, sort of imagine yourself, say like in the back of the room, looking at yourself in that situation and notice what you notice and more things. And after we've done this, this interview, and, and I, I would invite you to think about it from that dissociated perspective. And I wonder what else will become apparent to you. You'll go, ah, yeah, of course, and that makes sense. Of course, and then that, yeah. And when we can do that, that dissociation, it takes out the sting, it helps us have clarity, and it helps us to give us ideas of where else we could move on. Mm. So that would be something for you to, to play with afterwards. Absolutely, that's absolutely fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure to do this just for that reason. <laughs> Oh, so thank you so much. And I think this is a perfect time, actually. I'm so glad that you've come on right at the beginning of the new year because last year has been uh, dreadful for so many reasons for so many people. And I don't think it's going to be getting any better anytime soon. So anxiety is going to be at an all-time high for a lot of people. So now is the time that people should be speaking to you and getting in touch with you. So how can people find you? Very easily, uh either on the website you've just got in it's kate hyphen guest because somebody already beat me to it without my name so kate hyphen guest.co.uk or they can phone me and the phone number is 07790 303 806 or they can email me at info at kate and of course you'll also find me on uh, on linkedin on facebook so through social media as well. Absolutely fantastic. As, as we always do with all our guests, I'll put some of the links there for your contact details in the show description as well so people can find you easily. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you do. It's wonderful what you do. You're such an expert and so passionate about what you do as well. So it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Kate. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lee. And it's a pleasure talking to you as always as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by Your Partnerships. Check out all our upcoming networking events at yourpartnerships.co.uk.